I believe in the message of the cross so strongly. I believe in it. But you know, I, I always try to have a balance in what I believe. Hallelujah. Let's read the scripture in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 8, I think verse 34. I'm right, check it up there. Bible says, And when he has called people together unto him with the disciples, also he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Cross. So you can just call whichever title you want. God's cross for you or take up your cross. Any of them is okay. God's cross for you or take up the cross. Hallelujah. And then, and then Matthew 16 again, 21. From that time forth, Jesus began. Jesus began, I mean, for that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go. It is Matthew 16. Just turn to Matthew 16. Are you there? Uh, I'm reading something here. You know, when he got to Capernaum, things like that, he said, Who do men say that I, son of man, am? Verse. 21 says, From that time forth began Jesus to show for the disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things. Not the world suffer of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then verse 22 says, Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Verse 23 says, But he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savourest not the things that be of God, but those things be that be of men. Now look at verse 24. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let he deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, Jesus emphatically indicates that everyone is supposed to hurry across. Amen. Now, commonly we have the belief that the cross you carry is in your suffering stage, so you've got to endure it. That when you are enduring some things, or some things are upon your life, don't know that that is your cross. Now that's a good thing to believe. But I want to share something that you need to understand. Praise the Lord. Now, first of all, I want to let you know this. That every suffering you are passing through is not laid on you by God. Therefore, every cross cannot come from God. And I will show you the cross that comes from God. Amen? You can get a cross from God, or you can get it from the devil, or you can impose it on yourself. It's still a cross. So sometimes people say, anytime you say, people say, oh no, that could be your cross. No, that could be, no. They try to encourage you. Sometimes you look at it, people of God. Well, I'm not surprised by what people say sometimes when you're in trouble and they begin to present the cross to you. Because Job's own friend did the same thing. They think they are the very best of counselors because they were not in the shoes of Job. But you see, the same counselors that were saying what they said to Job, God finally said, Job, you pray for them. Are you getting that? It means that they prefer the counsel outside of the will of God. 
Now, if God has His will for you, you must drink the cup. But I want to say this morning, don't drink the cup of the devil and don't allow yourself to create a cult for yourself to drink of. Hallelujah. You can create a cross for yourself and have a cup of suffering. That is not given to you by God. And permit me to say, the devil can also give you a cross or a cup to drink from. But by the spirit of discernment, you must know which one is of God and which one is not from God. When Jesus said, if it's your will, be it done, not my will, he submitted to the will of God. Now God gave him the cup to drink. Is that alright? And I'm going to show you much later the cross of Jesus and why he has to drink the cup without thinking twice, even though his flesh was resisting it. But let's begin to look at exactly what the cross is. Praise the Lord. But let me say this. The making of a cross for ourselves, we must not make any cross for ourselves. Praise the Lord. Are you there? Okay. But we could bear any cross that God lays upon us. If God laid the cross on you, it's wise you bear it. But don't construct one for yourself. Do you understand? The cross is a symbol of death, it's a symbol of shame, it's a symbol of disappointment, it's a symbol of sorrow, it's a symbol of suffering. Don't create a cross for yourself. Do you understand? You see, you may be in such a situation, you may say, well, I know I'm suffering because I believe in Christ and I'm trying to be righteous. You know something? Some people can create a cross for themselves and they make themselves very righteous. So that you begin to see them with the perspective of the suffering they are going through just because they claim to be very righteous. Is that okay? So now let's move on a little bit. Now, take up your cross. In the context in which Jesus spoke, he was only trying to say, resist your human feelings that will not want to admit or submit to the cross that God has given unto you. Is that okay? Because you, your flesh will not want it. So in other words, don't depend on your kind of policies and appetites or desires to resist God's cross for your life. That is what Jesus was telling Peter. Praise the living God. Are you there with me? Now listen closely to what I'm saying. Because in the true sense of it, if God gives you a cross, it's tied to your destiny. I want you to catch that. Every cross from the Lord is tied to your destiny. And that's exactly what I'm about to show you. Now, if you watch this picture carefully, you find that Jesus must go to the cross so that he can be glorified. Am I right? He has to go, he has to die, then he has to be glorified. So every cross given to you by God leads you into glory. But a cross of yourself will kill you 
And the cross of man will destroy you. The cross of the devil will destroy you. Don't allow any other cross to be born by you. You must design if this cross is from the Lord. Otherwise you will die before your time. Hallelujah. Are you there? Okay. Now, let me quickly say this again. The cross is more or less the symbol of every form of suffering. Is that okay? And to carry a suffering is burdensome. You must know. Burdensome, disgraceful, and very trying to your feelings. As a matter of fact, it is punishment. So, if you want to take up your cross, be sure God gives it to you. Otherwise, you'll be going through shame, you'll be going through embarrassment, you'll be going through a lot of disgrace and a lot of suffering by reason of the cross you may have imposed on yourself. All sufferings are not from God. There are sufferings that God gives to us to bring us to the place of glory. That is the determining factor. Of the kind of cross you are supposed to carry. So if you are passing through a suffering, some disgraceful situation, sit down and ask the question, who gave me this cross? Is it God or myself? Are you there with me? Hallelujah. Now, let's move on just a little bit. I want to start by the self-imposed cause. Let me give you a little definition on that, or a little explanation on that from the scriptures, that you can impose Causes or crosses upon yourself. You can just construct causes and then you begin to carry them and you end up thinking that, oh, people are persecuting me because I'm a Christian. It's an imposed, self-imposed cross. God doesn't give such a cross to you. Let me show you. First Peter 4. First Peter 4. Let's look at verse number 13 down to 14. The Bible says... But rejoicing so much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering. Note that partakers of Christ's suffering. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be we may be glad also with exceeding joy. That means there is a kind of suffering that Jesus went through. And the end of that suffering brings you joy and glory. Am I correct somebody? Fine. Partakers of Christ's suffering. That means. Okay now you move on a little bit. Verse number 14. If ye be reproached. For the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God rested upon you. On your part is evil spoken of, but on your part is glorified. Now look at verse 15. But let none of, your, none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or a busybody in other men's affairs. Am I correct then? When you suffer because of your attitude, it has nothing to do with God. Is that okay? Read another scripture on that. First Timothy 5. Okay, 11 to 13. First Timothy 5, 11 to 13. Hallelujah. He said, but the younger widows are refused. For when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry. Having a domination because they have cast off their first faith. Look at verse 13. And with that they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. And not only idle, but tetlers also, and busybodies, speaking things with the ought nots. 
And the same thing Peter was saying, if you suffer for evil doing, or you have become a busybody, you don't have any glory at the end of it. The shame and the disgrace you will carry have nothing to do with God or you being a Christian. You know what a busybody means? It really means, for instance, like I say, busybody that say things that they ought not to say. It's you going to some other person's house to say things about someone that you ought not to tell that person about that individual. Don't forget, this was not written to unbelievers, it was written to believers. That means there were people in those churches that were actually so much concerned about people's life and not about their lives. When you say things about people that you ought not to say, and the thing comes up and you are suffering from it, it has nothing to do with the cross of Christ. Am I talking to somebody? That is a self-imposed cause. And a self-imposed cross that you are bearing. You have nothing to do with God. And so, carrying your cross is not a flat statement. You must understand who gives you the cross. Did you impose a cross on yourself? Or God gave it to you? When you are not sufficient, well, I mean, when you are not cautious enough not to keep on talking about people all over the place. And when people begin to see how you behave, they begin to hate you. And you say, well, I'm suffering for righteousness sake. You're telling lies. You're suffering for your mouth that I'm going to be shot. Or you think this thing does not bring embarrassment to you at the end of the day? Or you think doing this will not bring shame to you? Cross is, is a sign of shame and embarrassment. When you begin to be embarrassed by the lifestyle that you are going through, do not imagine that that cross is from God. Men were never contented by staying alone, but they would like to move from house to house to talk about other people. They would definitely carry a cross that God never gave to them, but it's a cross that they impose upon themselves. Hallelujah. Are you there? All right. Now, let's go down a little bit. I want to show you something. Uh, let's quickly look at the first speaker this morning mentioned that. Oh, talk about the prodigal son. Look at Luke chapter 15. If you look at verse 11 down to verse 18. But I just want to read only verse number 15. Remember. Anyway, let's read it all. It's not too long. Verse 11, and he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there across a mighty famine in that land, and it began to be in want. Look at verse 15. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent unto his friends to fish wine. And he would faint him, have filled his belly with the horse that his swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. The verse 17 says, but when he came to himself. Now the question I want to ask you is this. The suffering this young man was passing through, who gave it to him? But you see. We can be told that all suffering is from God. 
Am I talking to somebody? This is self-imposed suffering. That nothing to do with God. It is his foolishness and wrong thinking. Is that okay? So you can get into trouble. It has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with Satan. It's just you. <laughs> so check your thinking and check your attitude towards life and people. Amen? The prodigal son suffered for his own foolishness and nothing to do with Christ's sake. It was simply a foolish decision. And so a self-imposed cross that have no benefit to him. Did you get that? If you can't hold your spirit, if you think you can do anything you want to do, you impose a cross on yourself. God have no sympathy for you. No man. <laughs> the only way for you to come back is Jeremiah 2.19. He say, your backsliding heart shall correct thee. Your wicked heart shall reprove thee. This guy have to go through this terrible famine because of his foolishness and wickedness in his heart. And finally, he was driven back. It had nothing to do with God. It had nothing to do with the Father. He's a Christian. So many Christians suffer a lot of things and they think they're doing it for Christ's sake. Is that all right? I remember a story or something that I observed one time. There was a lady that was married to a man. And then I don't know exactly what happened. The lady finally left the home. And uh, this man married again. And then in their own denomination, they teach restitution. And so they told her, for you to be a leader, you've got to go to restitution. Then you've got to go back to your husband. And that's almost about well about five, six years. And then she packed her load and went back to the man. And when they got to the gate, it was a good story for her. She was taught a very good lesson. Is that okay? And then she was saying, well, I know I'm sucking for Christ's sake. What is he trying to say? I believe restitution and practicing it. You are a fool, man. Hallelujah. She was giving a very good thorough beating of her life. Thorough one. That is self-imposed suffering. It has nothing to do with God's righteousness. It has nothing to do with anything whatsoever. Self-imposed suffering. That the prodigal son the same thing. He wasted his money on righteous living. Now there was hunger in the land. He had no one to care for him. But I thank God for his life. He remembered. I've got to go back to my father. Hallelujah. Are you there? Okay. Now... If you look at Genesis 42 verse 21, you see the brethren of Jacob, I mean Joseph made a statement. And they said one to another, we are very, very guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul, and when he besought us, we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us, like Joseph's brother. Did you understand what I'm talking about? Their decision, though motivated by God unknown to them, to sell Joseph into slavery became a distress to them in life. It was self-imposed cross that had nothing to do with what came from God. Their suffering eternally was what they did. And it's because of their own action, not because what God gave to them. Sometimes you may not suffer in the physical dimension like this prodigal son. But you can suffer in your soul. Your thought will always be tormenting you. And that is even worse than suffering in a physical dimension. 
Because sleep will be taken away from you when you really have a good conscience. When you hurt people, you do not have peace for yourself. Do you know that? Though I know some people's conscience are dead as now. They don't feel anything. They are happy when they injure you. But no matter, they are not going to go too far. Every affliction they give to you, they will definitely pay for it. Because the Bible is clear, whatever a man sow, thou shall he also reap. They don't feel when they make you sad. They don't feel when they make you feel unhappy. They don't feel anything. When they, in fact, they feel happy to see you sorrowing. They feel happy to see you gloomy. They feel happy when there is no joy in your life. If I they boast about it, I will deal with you. But I will show you something later. You who likes to deal with people, be also ready to be dealt with. Is that okay? Are you following what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Okay. Now, let's look at Jesus' own cross. Because that should be an example. That should be an example. Jesus is our example. Hebrews 12. Oh, Jesus taught us to carry the cross. Oh, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Sure he did. But who gave you the cross? Are you sure it's from God? I want to tell you people of God that if I design a cross that I'm carrying that is not given to me by God, I'm ready to lay down. I'm going to give you the reason why it is so. Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews 12 verse 2. Are you there? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Listen to this. Who for? Are we all there together? Now let's read it together. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising what? The shame. Come on now. Why was Jesus going through the cross? He saw the joy. He saw the glory. Listen to me. If God gives you a cross, he will show you the end of the cross. Are you there with me? <laughs> he said, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame? And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. God doesn't give you a cross without showing you the end of the cross. So if you're carrying there suffering a thing and you don't know the outcome of that suffering, that is an indication that this suffering is not from who? It's not from God. Are you listening to me? <laughs> the cross of God shows you the end. If it tells you the end before it gives you the cross. Why? Because that will give you the ability to bear the cross. Jesus could carry the cross because he has already seen the end of the cross. And I was going to bring joy. It's going to bring glory. Am I right somebody? Look at those who dig the gutters. Why are they digging? They are suffering digging the gutter with mango and hoe and the rest of shovels and whatever. Why are they digging? They know they are going to pay them salary at the end of the day. Am I correct somebody? Why are you suffering and you don't know the end of your suffering? You are just drinking the devil's cup. You are drinking your own cup. This cup is not from God. People of God. <laughs> I want to set your heart aright so that you can know how to drop some crosses that you are carrying and carry only God's cross. Every one of us had a cross because the cross is tied to our destiny. 
Like I told you, if Jesus will not take the cross, he can enter into glory. And there was glory on the other side, so he can be here. Are you following what I'm talking about? You're just suffering, gnashing teeth. You don't know what is happening. And you think, oh, well, well, I'm suffering from Christ. I'm suffering for Christ's sake. And all manner of things are happening around you. Well, I'm suffering for Christ's sake. I know the Bible says, which you suffer, which you are patient. I'm not saying be in a hurry. But you must know who gave you the cross that you are carrying. That's my concern. Don't impose a cross on me and preach the gospel to me to endure if God will not impose a cross on me, don't, my people, impose a cross on my life. Because the point is, the cross that God did not give to you, you will have the ability to bear it. Come on, am I talking now? There will be no grace sufficient for you to bear the cross. But you see, there is joy, there is glory that was shown to Christ. So he could go through because he knew that at the end of this, there is a glory. Laborers know that when they finish laboring, no matter the heat of the sun, they will pay them something. Why are you suffering? And you think it is God. It has nothing to do with God. You either imposing yourself by not thinking right, or you allow circumstances imposing on you religiously, and you pick it. And you feel you are suffering for Christ's sake. Hallelujah. I spoke to somebody, very powerful individual, was working in the government of his country, and uh, he was into what you call uh, what is it, unionism or whatever. And then she was a, he was the secretary and things like that, and he organized riots against the company and so on and so forth. All things were done, and generally his his opinions are right. He was doing the right thing. So somewhere along the line, the management saw that it was becoming a threat to even the government of the country. And so they gave money to some people to allegate and write a letter against the person. And it was done, and then the person was hurt. But that's not the end of it. A lot of people knows who the person was, that any information you need about corruption in that country, the person can get it. And so people who wanted to stand against the government or do some things against the government, a bad corruption will always come to this individual. We need a paper like this. And I'll tell you something, even if it is Supreme Court, the paper will come out. Oh, the network was strong. The American government recognized who the person was. They said, can you come to America? I want to take you as a refugee. We'll pay your salary. We'll give you a house. No, you become an espionage. But let me tell you the implication of what this guy, this person was doing. I said, you know what? He said, You've been looking for a job for well over two years, three years. Everybody right down to the president of this country knows you, but nobody wants to employ you. Have you asked yourself why? He said, Pastor, I don't know. I said, now the answer is so simple. Everybody is afraid of you. You can get information from the top level to hit someone. If anybody employs you, you will also get documents to hit the person. So nobody wants to put you on their job. It's a self-imposed cause. Am I talking to somebody? When you were doing it, you were very smart. Everybody was hey, intelligent or whatever. But this is the consequence of what you were doing. Now even the government is afraid of you. That if they also employ because they are also corrupt, you will dig out facts about them and you will expose the government that is a corrupt government. So nobody wants you on their, on their seat. Nobody wants you on their payroll. 
I told the person, it will take only God to clean you out. For you to find acceptance again in any government in this country. It's going to take you so years. You will stop. You start praying. All those information you were digging up, now they are speaking against you. There is no president that comes to power that doesn't know who you are. And so they will never take you for a job. So your qualification cannot guarantee your job now. Only God can help you. See, self-imposed cross. Am I talking to somebody? Nothing to do with God. <laughs> nothing, absolutely. Some of us are suffering because of our lifestyles. They have nothing to do with God giving us a cross to carry. And the person told me, you saved my life. I will never do it again. And I'm asking God, join me to pray that God will forgive me for all that I've done. I thought I was doing the right thing. I said, yeah, you were. But as far as the system is concerned, not at all. Because even those who speak against corruption, they are still doing a corruptive work. If you want to correct somebody, you act like Daniel. You don't go publicly people's name, you go to them. The Bible says Daniel came to Dairos and strengthened him. You go to the people, you don't publish their weakness. And if they, if has agreed to go to the United States, they will have been using that individual to expose the country. How corrupt the country is. You know what the West can do? Are you such a person? That you only know for damaging people? You will carry a cross that you cannot bear. It doesn't come from God. No matter how saintly you are, no matter how gloriously you can speak in tongues and do signs and wonders, if all that you are involved in is to run people down, you will carry a cross that God didn't give to you. Am I talking to the soul this morning? <laughs> I want you free. So you know how to live your life. Because whatever a man sweat, thou shall he also reap. This individual I'm talking about is highly qualified. But he can't find a job in the country. Highly qualified. Because every office, the person entered it or they know who you are. And nobody wants to take that risk of you coming here to dig out information about how we run our business. You see that? Self-imposed cross. Are you done with me? <laughs> so here Jesus, the Bible tells us, for the joy that was set before him, for the glory that he saw, he knew he can carry the cross. Now you can understand why he spoke to Peter. Get it behind me. It's like Peter, you're trying to tell me not to go and enter my jaw. Not to go and enter the throne. Is that okay? He saw it before he began to carry it. All these things we are passing through. The question is, what has God shown us? If we have been able to come to the place where God has not told us anything about why we are suffering. And the end point of our suffering, of course, this one is at that same pose. It didn't come from God. Can I hear an amen to that? Abraham and Israel's cross. Go to the book of Genesis, I think, uh, 15. Genesis 15. Praise the Lord. Are you there? Okay. Genesis 15. Let's look at verse 13 down to 15 as well, I'm sure. And he said unto Abram, Know of a shorty that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. Listen to this. Verse 14 says, And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. Can you see this? And thou shalt go to their fathers, thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, thou shalt be buried in a good old age. 
But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Listen to me, people of God. We do know that the children of Israel were taken to captivity. Am I correct? God already told your father how many years they are going to say and how much they will come out with from that suffering. <laughs> are you seeing what I'm saying now? They are going to be there for 400, but they will come out with great substance. God doesn't give you a cross without telling you the end of the cross. It's not from God. You see, that from man, the devil, or yourself. Does it make sense? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And he talks about 400 years. They shall come back. And so we can look at people like Moses and Caleb. They fall into the fourth generation that God is talking about. And they came out. Amen. The fourth generation from Levi and Judah. People like Moses and Caleb. Say so they are going to be there. They are going to suffer. There. They are going to suffer. But these guys are coming out with great substance. Why is your suffering ending in death? Why is it ending in you dying? It's not from God. Pull it out. Get yourself out of it. You are not suffering for Christ's sake. Because if you do, God will show you the end of the cross. <laughs> are you see what I'm talking about? Look at your life and ask God, this pain I'm going through, is it from you? If it's not from you, I'll drop it. Because the cross of man will kill you. The cross of the devil will kill you. Your own cross will kill you. But God's cross will give you glory. So not all cross are bearable. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 1. Let's read from verse 8. The same story about the cross of Israel. Now there arose, verse number 8. Are you there? Exodus 1 verse number 8. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt with you, not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. Let them multiply. And it came to pass that when they have fallen out in the war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them out of the land. Therefore they did set over them to us, make us to afflict them with their bodies, and they build for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pathans and Ramses. Listen to verse 12. But the more they afflict them, what happened? The more they multiply and grew. <laughs> hey, hallelujah. Can you get this? Because it was given to them by who? By God. You can't oppress a man with your cross. If God gives him a cross, you may be pitying him and the guy is multiplying. So the cross of God doesn't kill you. How am I talking? Any cross you carry that is bringing you down is not from God. The more they afflict them, the more they grew and multiplied. Because it was a cross given to them by God. That's why I say there is no temptation taking it by such as is common to man. Say so God will the same temptation give you the way to be it. 
He makes the provision. He makes the possibility. He knows he's giving you the cross. God is not wicked to give you a cross that can destroy you. It's not possible. If the cross you are carrying is bringing you down, bringing your spiritual life down, derailing you from God, it is not the cross from God. Pull it out of your neck. Study what you are going through and find out who gave this to you. Where is the glory? Where is my multiplication in this thing? How am I increasing? Since I started carrying this cross. How am I increasing? How is my life changing? Since I started carrying this cross. Ask yourself these simple questions. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible said the more they afflict them, the more they do what? They grow. Is your cross bringing you down? Then no, it is not from God. Is your cross making you not to advance in God? No, it's not from God. If your cross is not giving you joy, no, it's not from God. Is that okay? And then ask God for wisdom to carry that cross and put it where it belongs. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Why were they multiplying? Because God was involved. Is that okay? Ask review to Abraham. And so they got the energy to go through. I was even increasing. So I say, if you are carrying the cross of God, there will be increase in your life despite the shame and what seems to be the disgrace that are passing through. Cross is a shame. But if God gives you his cross, though people might be seeing the shame, they have that increase in your life. Do you understand what I'm talking about? The evidence of your increase will be made manifest. Though it didn't look embarrassing, but if they find that you are increasing, then you must know that this cross is from the Lord. So the more they afflict them, the more they increase and do what? And multiply. Why are you carrying what you are carrying? Why is this shame? Have you sat down to find out who gave you the shame? Because if you are into a realm of shame and suffering and God is the one that gave it to you, there will be an increase, there will be growth in your life. God's cross does not bring you down. Every cross God gives to you takes you up. So if you are not moving up, just know that this cross is not from God. I'm not talking to someone. Hallelujah. Joseph's cross. Joseph also carried a cross. Am I right? Hallelujah. If you look at Genesis 37, verse number 5. And Joseph dreamt a dream, and he told it unto his brethren, and they hated him. Now you know the story. You can read up to, what verse? Let me stop here. Verse number 10. You can read up to verse number 10. From verse 5. Now if you look at this story there, you know the interpretation of the dream of Joseph. What was it? The sheep of his brethren bowed down his own and his own was standing. And the sun, the moon and the stars, they also bowed down to him. And the father said, do you really mean? Amen. That myself and your mother and your brethren are going to bow down to you. Is that what you are saying? What am I telling you? Joseph was thrown into the pit. He was sold into slavery. He was accused by Potiphar's wife. He was put in prison. All these are shame and embarrassment. But at the end, 
the father, the brethren, what happened? They bowed down to him. The cross was from God. Are you in a pit? How did you get there? Are you accused falsely? How did you get there? Are you in prison? How did you get there? If it is from God, people who seem to be accusing you will end up bowing down to you. If you are carrying a cross, I repeat, you are so embarrassed and ashamed, and yet there is no glory in it, just know this one is not from God. Are you done with me? I believe the cross. But I believe it the way the scripture says it. And so it will be an embarrassment to God for a child of God to carry a cross that God didn't give to them. It's dehumanizing, embarrassing to the Father for you to carry a cross that God did not give to you. It calls for wisdom. It calls for understanding. Are you there with me? God told Abraham, your children shall be in captivity for 400 years, but they shall come out with great substance. Man, listen to me. Before the cross comes, God tells you. God doesn't take people unawares. Listen, he can only not show you how the cross is. Can you imagine the children of Israel? Oh, think about that. What about Moses? Did Moses carry a cross with the children of Israel? Sure. Am I talking? They were in the wilderness. But listen to me. Before God asked Moses... To take the people, he already told him about Canaan. Hello? Am I correct? They already knew what Canaan was. So of a truth, they can go through the wilderness. And like I always say, wilderness is not necessarily a place of suffering and pain. But it's a place where God provides for you as a child. Is that okay? But you know, we are often being told anytime, say, where is your wilderness period? Is your wilderness period? How ah, our wilderness period different from the Bible wilderness period? Why? Because the Bible wilderness period, God gave them shoes. The day you were born, He gives you one shoe on your leg. And as you are growing, the shoe is expanding to fit your size. There were no shoemakers in the wilderness. Every man's shoe was expanding according to his size and age. There was food for them and they don't labor to get the food. Because manna was always coming. They have clothes on them that will always expand the more they take the manna. That is wilderness. Bible wilderness. Why is your wilderness different? That you are in the wilderness and yet you are suffering. You have nothing to show for it. And somebody is encouraging you to go on. Oh, come on. You carrying a cross that God did not give to you. If God gives you, you see, the Bible says, He knoweth our frame. He knoweth that we are weak. He knows. So He won't give you a thing that you can't carry. We are carrying a thing that you are unable to carry. It's not from the Father. Because even Christ Himself, He saw the glory. That was God. Is that okay? Are you following what I'm talking about? Every cross has a glory at the end. The one that God gives. But any cross that doesn't tell you at the end point of this suffering is not from God. You have begun the suffering, ask the Lord, how is it going to end? In fact, before you enter into it, it ought to show you the end. I remember when we started this ministry. Where I was and 
we separated as the case may be because of the things I was teaching. I still love them. I communicate with them. We speak freely because they walked not knowing they were bringing me into the place of glory. So I love them. I speak to every one of them. As a matter of fact, it was just about two years ago that one of them, one of the pastors, because we were about six, seven pastors that confessed to me, he said, let me tell you the truth, we made it so that you can leave the ministry because we are afraid of your teaching. And so they dropped me from the ministry. And while they were dropping me, God spoke to a very close friend of mine. All the way in Isoko, walking along the road, he saw a bright cloud and a lightning kind of, and he was turned still and a voice came. Go and tell my son, his soul shall be pierced through his soul. He shall be driven to a wilderness, but rain shall fall in his desert. He didn't know what was happening. I didn't even know what was going on. That same day I traveled home and I met with him. He said, Dave, what is happening? I said, nothing. What about your job? I said, fine, no problem. He said, no, look at my experience today. I was walking through the paths, the bush paths. And something just came and I was standing out of the cloud. This voice came. Go tell my son. A sword shall pierce through his soul. shall be driven to a wilderness. The rain shall fall in his desert. That is even when we have not started this ministry. So I know God has a glory at the end. But there is a process that I'm going to pass through. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So every course that you carry and God doesn't speak about it, go home and put it down. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? That cross will kill you. But the cross of God will bring you into the place of glory. <laughs> I know the God I serve and I love him too. He's a good man. God is a good man. He's a good father. He doesn't chastise you to death. He chastises you to correction. Amen? Are you following what I'm talking about? He loves you before you love him. So you have nothing to be proud of. He loved you before ever you think of loving him. In fact, his love is the one that drew you to himself. And he doesn't draw you to himself to kill you. He draws you to give you life. So even if it is suffering, there must be life in it. And if I'm going through a suffering and there's no life in it, then I know it's not from my father. Because I know the one I serve. I believe in balancing. I believe in putting things the way they are supposed to be put. Is anybody hearing what I'm talking about? So I love the message of the cross, but man, we must understand who is giving us that cross to carry. We must understand whose will are we doing. And Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. That means God has his will. The devil has his will. You have your own will. And your will can destroy you. The devil's will can destroy you. But God's will will bring you to the place of glory. Because God's will equal the cross, equal the cup that he gives you to drink. Are you there with me? So not all suffering is the will of God. Not all punishment is from God, I repeat. So don't just bury your head in the sand and say, Well, I know God is there. And the end. Mm -mm. Find out, beloved, who gave you that? Is he yours? Look at the prodigal son passing through this pressure because of foolish thoughts. Mm. And some of you are into that same realm. You are suffering today. God has made things available. You are suffering today. He has brought it to himself. You are still passing through a lot of suffering. And somebody will preach preaching to you. Just enjoy it. Ask yourself, who gave this to me? Is it my father or myself? If you impose it on yourself, like the prodigal son, come back to your father and ask him for forgiveness. If it is devil, just hold your neck and prove it down. Don't construct a cross for me to carry. 
I don't have the strength. God knows the kind of cross He can give to me. Not all cross can I carry because He knows my frame. Am I talking to somebody? He knows your strength. So He will not give you the cross that will crush you. He gives you the one that you can carry. And He gives you the grace to carry it. And to encourage you, He shows you the glory. That if you can go through, when you come up there, this is what you are going to get. Am I talking to somebody now? So Joseph knew he was a ruler before he started out. Moses knew they are going to Canaan before he started out. Abraham knew they are coming out with great substance from Egypt ever before they went there. Why is your own cross different? God bless you.